Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sega Guys, giving you that regular dose of Sega goodness. Unfortunately, James the Sega-holic, he can't make it this week. He's got an awful lot of stuff going on, but he will be back very, very soon. But today, it's my favourite Sega. So I'm not alone this time. We've got a very special guest, and you might have heard him featured on the show before. Uh, he contributed to our Sega Saturn 25th anniversary celebration. He's an established YouTuber, he's a Twitch streamer, and he's a good friend of the show. He's at Teabag Steeping, Game Streaming, Collections Gleaming, and Leaving the Girls All Steaming. Cup of that ain't no mug, man. It's Cup of Tea for me. How's it going, buddy? Hello, mate. Thanks for the uh, for the fun intro there. I'm all good, <laughs> thanks. How are you? Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure, mate. Um, as I was saying, you know, you've been on the show before. We had that clip from you on the Saturn 25th anniversary, so... Uh, hopefully our listeners, our keen listeners aren't a stranger to your voice, but you and I, mate, um, you know, we've we've done stuff together before. Uh, I was uh, just thinking the other day about uh, that Streets of Rage 4 uh, reaction video we did where you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you seem to pepper my house with your with your, with your your gun out your car. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten about that, to be honest. Uh, yeah, that was loads of fun. It was good to get uh, some of the community involved in that. I should probably make some more stuff like that because I've got to say, it's probably one of the most enjoyable videos I made and it wasn't directly just playing games it was a bit of just making a fool of myself and uh and sharing some love and excitement for an upcoming game so yeah thanks for uh, getting involved with that i love the uh the takes that you sent me great stuff <laughs> yeah i love it i was uh, <laughs> just, just mark's brilliant on that as well right at the very beginning the holy <laughs> yeah. shit balls moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he got loads loads of uh loads of good comments that stuff so um yeah thanks for that superb mate so obviously i know you well enough but do you want to tell our listeners just all about your channels that you have, about you know what your content is and how they can find you? Yeah, of course. So um, yeah, generally, I'm I'm just just a regular guy like everyone else that's that's uh, hanging on to the the retro <laughs> gaming childhood. Um, I do like the modern stuff, but um, growing up with with the retro gaming has kind of been a main part of of my love for gaming and um always kind of go back to it so i've wanted to for for about 10 years um to go into some sort of streaming or or content creation uh so when i moved into into my first property um while i was still you know saving up for streaming gear and stuff bought myself a a cheap mic and a uh a capture card and and a cheap webcam and just started doing some youtube stuff which is i think how um you discovered me and some of the other community out there. Um, and eventually once I was ready to, to stream, that's kind of what I went to. So yeah, it's just kind of been a, it's not really been a plan at all. It's just kind of been something that I've wanted to do for a while. And it's just kind of that, that time of your life where, where you finally get it together and think, right, got to do something now. So um, just, it's really, for me, it's just about sharing some love and not really, planning planning on it going anywhere or being able to make a living off of it or anything it's just just for pleasure really and enjoying stuff with the community so my twitch is is mainly retro gaming um recently i've kind of changed up so um most of it's influenced by by the the community now what they do is they they save up their channel points which is your free currency you earn for watching and they can decide what horrible game they want to make me grizz through <laughs> um, until completion. Um, some of them I've played them for like weeks on end um, until I complete them. By the end, I've decided I used to like the game, but I hate it now. Um, <laughs> a Ghosts and uh, Ghosts has got to be one of those. Was it Ghosts and Ghosts? I think yeah. it was Ghosts and Ghosts, wasn't it? The Mega Drive one. I yeah, Ghosts and Ghosts on, on the Mega Drive. <laughs> Weirdly, um, they did the opposite. It actually made me love that game. Um, I felt oh, really? quite an achievement when I completed it. And... Um, it's kind of made me want to go through the others. So I've been, um, I had the master system one as a kid. I've still got the same copy and, um, I've started to play that, um, a bit since, since having gone through the mega drive one. Um, but yeah, I think the mega drive one, because I spent so long on it and I, so much of the community was invested in me in me completing it. And stupid as I am, I tend to try and do everything on the hardest mode. So I did it on the professional <laughs> mode, um, which, which means, uh, and also, I don't know if you know, but with, with uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, you have to complete it twice in a row to actually yeah. complete it properly. So, yeah, was, that was ridiculous. But um, I think because I now know it like the back of my hand, it's it's one of those kind of love-hate relationships that, that you get with games. Like Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. 
Oh, mate, yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I love uh, your content, uh, whether it's your your YouTube channel, or your Twitch channel. I do remember <laughs> when we when we met um, on Twitter, actually, and I think at the time I was talking about uh, I was talking about Halo. Well, I think we were talking about Halo, and uh, you said, "Oh, I recorded this clip for a while ago because you used to obviously play Halo." Uh, yeah, in a few tournaments, and you think it was almost. Did you play it professionally? Was it? I never played it professionally. I did play. Um... I never got paid for it, so not technically professional. Okay, but I did play right. in a lot of um, competitive leagues, yeah. um, on mainly online. Um, what used to be called um, game battles, I yeah. think. Uh, I think it's still going. Um, and I played for um, a British um, TV league called XLeague.tv. It used to be a, a free channel on on Freeview and Sky TV, where they'd show um, they'd show people playing games and they'd have their own tournaments and stuff um yeah, that's about yeah. as far as it got yeah, yeah. i think our uh, our little team halo 3 team from like i don't know 2012 i think it was something like that um we got to the semi-finals for xleague.tv and if you nice. if you got to the finals you would you played live on x x league tv and um when we got to the semi-finals uh we played this sponsored team i can't remember what they were called now but yeah they just made us look <laughs> very amateur <laughs> I, think we, I think we lost three game three nil out of the best of five and uh yeah that was the end of that really but i've, I've still loved halo to this day um i gotta be honest um i think i prefer to play casually than competitive because it got to the point where i felt like i wasn't enjoying it as much because i felt the pressure if you know what i mean so i don't think competitive is the uh the thing for me yeah as competitive as i am <laughs> Well, that's the thing, mate. When you get to that sort of stage and you're playing it, and you know the the wins actually have a, a reason. You know, you, you've got um, impetus between, behind yeah. getting that win. Um, I remember I never played Street Fighter Four competitively, but I used to play it an awful lot, and I was obsessed with going up the rankings. And when you get to that sort of sort of stage, so obviously not quite where you were with Halo, but I was, you know, every fight that I had was so intense. Uh, I've just learned to let back, sit back, and just if I win, if I win, if I lose, I lose. To help yeah. with my win percentage, otherwise yeah. I end up getting going through bouts of rage. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It. I think. I think everyone's got to that moment at some point in gaming and regrets it and thinks, "Why did I do that?" I remember the moment for me was on Halo Three because I was playing some one v one game battles, and um, I remember the moment that I pretty much exploded a three sixty control because I gripped it so tight by the sides <laughs> that I, I kind of turned it in on itself, and the bot, bot the buttons popped out, and I was just. I remember that. I remember that moment where I was just like, "This isn't for me anymore. I'm not enjoying it." Oh dear. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, but I do remember you shared that video with me, and that's how I came across your channel when we got chatting. And uh, yeah, we've been, <laughs> you know, friends on on Twitter ever since, and it's yeah, brilliant stuff. All these years later, um, but yeah, I really loved your uh, Ghouls and Ghosts playthrough. Um, Thank you, and and, <laughs> and 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 your Batman on the on the Master System one as well. Um, I remember that one. Um, yeah, so yeah. Uh, great stuff i'm looking forward to seeing what comes through your, your channel <laughs> in, the, in the future when uh, when you get back on playing regularly thanks dan i appreciate that awesome. um talking about um obviously yeah kind of being friends ever since i was uh i was checking twitter earlier and um it was 2017 august so we're looking at for nearly four years now that wow. we've been uh in contact which it only seems like i don't know maybe a year or two ago to me no i know it doesn't seem that long ago at all mate <laughs> <laughs> Time flies, doesn't it? It's scary. It really does. Oh dear. So <laughs> it talks about your uh, your Twitch channel, and yeah, it's, it's it's brilliant. I definitely urge anyone to check it out. And uh, you haven't been on YouTube for for a little while, have you? I was just going through your history before, um, but you have got some great stuff on there. I really like your retro races series, for example. That was that was really cool. Some brilliant games on there. Um, Thank you. Any any uh, thoughts on returning to that in the future or? Yeah, uh, I would love to get back to the YouTube. Um, funnily enough, I've had um, I've had a few people on Xbox Live um, 
message me um like old followers and stuff that have, that have asked what's happened to my youtube and, and streaming so i've taken a little bit of a break from that just just because work's been a bit nuts at the moment um but yeah i def- definitely do have plans to to go back to the youtube stuff w- what i need to do first though is kind of upgrade all of my my hardware because um my pc is not man enough to stream or stream and play at the same time um or <laughs> stream recorder and play um so what i would like to do is at least be putting some some stream highlights of retro stuff up on, up onto youtube um obviously that requires the ability to record and my uh my pc's just not mad enough for that at the moment so um i would like to come back to that and the retro races revisited is, is probably um the most enjoyable uh series i think for the whole of my i didn't plan to go down that route of races but um i got a lot of traction with it um a lot of comments and i was really enjoying it as well so i kind of went down that route and i did that um porsche challenge challenge for the uh for that's the, the ps1 comes to was, my mind yeah <laughs> which was uh it was it's a hard game but um another one of those love-hate relationships where i love that game now because i kind of again know it like the back of my hand so um yeah i, I would like to come back to it and I, I do plan to so i know it's been stale for about six months but um anyone that is subscribing i appreciate uh, you uh you're holding that subscription until i uh make some sort of return but thank yeah thanks for the kind comments dan i appreciate that Oh, no worries at all, mate. It's, it's, it's an absolute pleasure, as I was saying. So we'll take it back a little bit further, mate. So h- how did you get into gaming, first of all? You know, before all the modern stuff, you know, think back to when you were a kid. How did you How did you first come into the hobby? Um, I was very young. Um, I th- I believe my first... I can remember my one of my first um, impressions of, of gaming or, or of seeing anything that, that was a games console was um, at my my granddad's house. He was um, kind of a, like quite a hip granddad, and he had like all the up to date tech. He had like, uh, for instance, he had one of those um, keyboards that had like three layers, um, you know, like three <laughs> different right. keyboards, and like uh, I always remember thinking it was quite crazy because I was only like four or five, and he had all the. He was quite obviously to me. He he, he was quite old at that at that point, um, <laughs> and he had this crazy tech, and he had um, he had a Mega Drive. And an abundance of games. And um, one of my first memories is playing on Micro Machines 2. Um, And he had it on a little CRT that was kind of like mounted in the corner of the kitchen. And I remember playing that, um, I think, against my dad and um, absolutely loving it. Um, Finding it ridiculously hard to steer because obviously for a four or five-year-old on a top-down and trying to figure out... (laughs) <laughs> when you're coming down the track and you want to turn left, you actually have to steer right, obviously, because you're at a... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, I wasn't very good at it, but I remember thinking, wow, this is cool. Um, and then I, I remember, and then I remember my, um, my dad met, who's my stepmom now, and she brought with her a Master System 2, um, which she gave okay. to me with, didn't have any games in it, just had um, Alex Kidd built in. And that was my kind of, that was my first console from about, yeah, five years old, I think. And um, yeah, I just remember playing, all I had was was Alex Kidd, so I just played it to death, basically. Um, and then uh, one of my other earlier memories was, again, at my uh, at my granddad's house, he had Sonic Pinball, uh, Sonic Spinball, sorry, yeah. um, which I know seems to get a lot of hate from the community, but it's one of my, my childhood faves for that reason, um, because I remember playing at a young age and at that point i had played other sonic games and i just remember it being quite different and a bit grimy um but kind of in a in a way that it's always stuck with me that it was quite i think that the whole dragon thing trying to eat you and, and the grimy music and that just um yeah really kind of gelled with me and uh yes yeah, one of my faves to go back to actually i think it actually takes a lot of cues from the animated series in 1993 the animation does look very like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Sonic's animation. I think you take these, they call it Sonic Sat, Sat AM now. Um, so not the okay. Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, which is the silly one, but the, it's the gr- grim and serious Saturday morning one, which, uh, so yeah. I think because it was Sega of America that produced it, they did a, they had a lot of design influence on it. And uh, I think that's why it turns out it did. But yeah, I, I, I think there is that grimy charm on it. It's not a game for me. Uh, I don't hate on it. 
but I've tried. I've tried it so many times, and I just can't get my head around it. I've never made it's it very past, hard. I've, yeah, I've never made it past the first table. I think I've only got the the first emerald about about ten times, and then <laughs> and then I normally end up in a barrel. The other day I was playing it, and I went between the the bumpers. I flipped them both up, and they both missed him. And he didn't even land on the platform. He went into the goo and uh, <laughs> threw my threw my toys out of the pram and turned it off. And that was the last time I played it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's just. I think that's just pinball in general, though. At least it is for me. Um, yeah, pinball games. I, my uh, my girlfriend loves pinball games. So whenever we we play pinball games, it's always a competition. She's very intuitive with that kind of stuff. She works out like the multipliers and and the stuff on the wow. table much quicker than I do. Um, so it's always quite competitive with, with her and I. And I'm always like you, Dan. I get I get screwed over. I get like <laughs> sent down the side shoots or like it rolls over the bumper, and I'm just like, yeah. So. I know how you feel. I, to be fair, I've played Sonic Spinball for years, and I don't think I've got to the third stage like once, or or the end of the second stage. Um, but it, it gets insanely confusing. <laughs> oh, mate. You know what that means, don't you? That's going to have to be one for the Twitch channel that you're going to have to play from beginning <laughs> to end. It will be. Yeah, you'll have to redeem it. <laughs> <laughs> but a uh, great introduction to gaming, there, mate. Uh, obviously, we love <laughs> on this podcast how much of it is Sega, and it sounds like you got the cool, yeah. you had the coolest grand, granddad in the world. I mean, <laughs> yeah, having a, having a Mega Drive and uh, micro machines. I mean, yeah, I, I'd be happy as kids as a candy store if, um, if my <laughs> granddad had that when I was a kid. <laughs> so, <laughs> brilliant stuff. But um, I know you've got a an affinity for the retro side of things. Um, but you play today. Uh, what, what, what platforms do you play on today? Um, well, I have my, uh, I have, sorry, I moved away from the mic, and I have my retro uh, set up next to me that's uh, got 12, 12 consoles um, ready to go, but um, I refuse to pay for one of those insane Scartley adapters. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I tend to play the ones that are already plugged in. Um, I don't have to get behind, get behind the TV and, um, and move all the Scart. So the, the Sega Saturn's always ready to go. And the Love Mega Drive is always ready to go, and the Master System is always always ready to go. Um, I'll tell you, actually, I do have a uh, a confession to make about the Dreamcast. Um, love the Dreamcast, obviously. You know, I did the the retro brighting a um, oh yeah a little while ago. Um, I put it back together, turned it on, booted up, but no picture. And um, admittedly, when I took it apart, I didn't take too much notice of what screw went where. And when I put it back together. Like I said, booted up, no picture. And I was like, what is going on here? So did loads of research. And then I learned that basically some of the screws are slightly longer than the others. And if you put one screw in the wrong place, um, it will screw into the into the AV part of the board and rub out the AV um, oh, no. circuit. So that must be what I've done. So uh, my, uh, my Dreamcast is currently um, in pieces at the moment, which um, is a bit gutting to me. Um, that was, that's normally my fourth one that's ready to go at the flick of a switch. So yeah, I have funnily enough on the Sega podcast and all four of my, uh, my go-tos are Sega. Um, the other one that's always plugged in as well is the PlayStation two, but we're going to talk about PlayStation on this channel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but my quick, if I want to, uh, if I want to get a cut, like say half an hour gaming in before bed or something, I'll generally come in, whack on the Saturn and, and play some Sega rally. That's my, that's my chill late night game see uh, if i can best my uh my time trials <laughs> oh, mate, in that case it's a, it's a shame that james isn't uh, isn't on here with us because uh, i think it's well known how much he loves that game <laughs> <laughs> i've seen him post some of his time trials and I've, I've i've decided to purposely ignore them because i told you how competitive i am earlier and i just yeah. thought it's not going to end well because i'm going to spend my whole life on uh, on sega rally so uh, <laughs> yeah we won't go down that road yeah he he was playing it very religiously watching watching people like post lap times and i think he eventually he switched to, to manual and all sorts of stuff uh, but he's got some crazy lap times on there now but uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you're, maybe you'll catch him up one day mate we'll get a little rivalry going between the two of you <laughs> yeah superb That'll mate fun so uh you're still playing a lot of sega today then which is great yeah news. yeah um one of my other faves which um i've not got set up at the moment is mainly because i haven't figured out where's the best place to put it but is the uh i, got, I finally got a um a mega cd Oh yeah. Um, about it's probably about two two years ago now. I got the I Mega CD too. Yeah, it was a funny story. I d- um, I don't remember. I actually ended up with I'd wanted one for years, and um, then I ended up with three at the same time. I remember, um, and I also remember. <laughs> also remember. Um, I think you outbid me. <laughs> oh, <did> I? <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, I was, also, yeah, that's I was, I was, I was watching it, or I was about, yeah, it was something like that. 
<laughs> I was like, you think you said, oh, this arrived. I was like, hang on a second. I remember trying to get that one. <laughs> I'm a bit of an eBay sniper. <laughs> yeah, you ended up with three, didn't you? I did, yeah. So I was bidding on one, um, and which is the one I won, which I think I outbid you on. Um, meanwhile, I put an offer in on another one, and the seller hadn't got back to me. Um, and then after I'd won the first one, he accepted the offer, so I got that one. <laughs> and then <laughs> I was uh, around the mate's house like um, before they'd arrived, and I was like, oh, mate, I've just bought a um, Sega Mega CD. And he was like, oh, I've got one at home. You can have it if you want. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I tell you what, mate. I said, give it, if you give it to me, I said, I know there's people in the community that want one. I said, I'll sell it for you and I'll, I'll give you the money. Um, and he was like, oh, I've got a bag full of games as well. And um, unbeknown to me, being a little bit, like I said, I do everything for, for pleasure. I, I am a collector, but I don't collect for um, for the sake of, um, I want to say for the sake, for, I don't collect for, um, uh, what's the word, you know? the, the shelf porn. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't collect for the, um, you know, being able to sell them at a later date at higher prices or stuff like that, if you know yeah. what I mean. So I don't really keep a massive eye on the prices of things. And um, one of the games he gave me was Snatcher. I remember. Um, and I was insanely jealous when I saw it. <laughs> and uh, I remember being like, oh, my God, Snatcher, I've always wanted to play this. Didn't think much of it. And then I posted a thing on Twitter being like, oh, someone's just gifted me all these. And everybody lost their minds about Snatcher. And I was like, oh, why is that? And someone was like, do you realize how much that game's worth? So I looked it up. And instantly felt terrible. So I went and spoke to my mate, and I was like, "Mate, I got. I said I've got to let you know this game you've given me is worth like three hundred and fifty quid or something like that." Um, and I was like, "However, um, I don't really want to give it back to you." <laughs> I was like, "So I'll do." You. I said, "I said so. Can I buy it off you?" And he's like, "No, mate. No, don't be stupid. You can have it." And I was like, "I'm not. I'm not just having it. Um, I'll give you some money for it." But he refused. So what I did in the end was told him that I I'd sold his mega CD. Um, for for twice more than I actually sold it for. Right, yeah. Um, so I could give him um some money towards it because it just didn't feel right to me otherwise. <laughs> yeah, damn decent of you, mate. <laughs> I remember you sharing that because I was going to say when you were saying about you, you seeing your mate, I was going to say was he the one that gave you Snatcher? But yeah, I said, it's amazing, mate. Uh, did you get some managed to play it to the end? I haven't played it to the end yet. I believe it's a really long game, isn't it? Um, it's it's about six or seven hours, I think. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah. It's, it's one that I really want to stream through, and I only found out recently that you can save it, can't you? You can, yeah. Um, I hadn't realized that. Um, I put about two hours into it at one point, and then I was just like, I haven't got time and, and turned it off. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's definitely one that I would love to go back to. But it's also not exactly the most exhilarating thing to watch, so I don't know if it's just something I'll do on my own time or eventually stream or something. But um, I'm, I'm loving the vibe of it, that's for sure. Oh, it's beautiful, but, um, yeah, talking of the the reason I brought up the, the Sega Mega CD was <clears throat> I was saying about late night gaming. I've got this thing about playing like about racing games at night and just kind of having half an hour to to wind down and I don't know take any aggression of the day out on racing games. And um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the games that gets me super zen and it's by all means not the best racer on the system. And I think it was he was on the um, the uh, the Atari or Commodore anyways the uh, Jaguar um, uh, XJ two twenty yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love that game, and I just love the feature that because it's on CD that you can um, you can pick CD um, audio quality music, can't you, before the race, and yeah. um, it just plays so smooth. And um, I could just sit there and play that game for hours. Don't know what it is. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, I find it quite challenging that one, but it is uh, it is lovely to play. Um, yeah, really, really cool. I think it's uh, like a spiritual successor to the to the old Lotus games, but I think it was on the Amiga yeah. as well. But yeah, it's a superb game. Uh, I do love the Mega CD. I I haven't been uh, giving it as much love recently. Um, I was playing Final Fight and Sonic CD on there, but I really need to play it a little bit more. I've just been defaulting to Mega Drive uh, and Saturn at the moment. Mega, <laughs> Mega Drive's got an EverDrive ever in it, so sometimes oh, nice. I just stick the the random on there and just play through that. But um, yeah, yeah, need to give the Mega CD a bit more love. I mean, I've got. I'm similar to you, mate. I'm recording this with my consoles next to me. But I've got an N64, which I feel really sad for it because it's just dusty. It's like, <laughs> I, I never use it. 
<laughs> I was thinking I really should play that at some point. <laughs> but, I'm uh, a I'm a big N64. We won't go into it on Sega, but I am I'm uh, quite a big N64 fan from the childhood. So uh, I feel the same as you. It's one of those where I think it's a really good um, console to play with your friends. Obviously, you know it's kind of built for it with the four controllers, and a lot of the games are great multiplayer stuff. So I feel like as as I've got older, it's one of those consoles that does kind of sit by the wayside unless someone comes around and you want a bit of split screen action. Absolutely, mate. Uh, one of the best things that I've had out of mine was when I brought it downstairs and showed my kids it. And we had GoldenEye, uh, Mario Kart 64, mm-hmm. uh, Diddy Kong Racing, the wrestling games down there. And a lot of the time, like they didn't know, know how to play it, but they were just <laughs> bewitched by it. And you yeah. see, I've got so many memories of just playing with mates and everything. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, when when you're on your Todd, I don't think it's as compelling. It's still great, it's still a great system. Uh, yeah. I'm saying that, even though we're on a Sega podcast. But yeah, it's uh, I feel a bit sad for it. But um, unfortunately, Mister Sixty Four, the Mega CD is going to come before you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, superb, mate. So what I think we'll do then is we will move on to your favorite Sega. So uh, where we'll start then is with your piece of music. So Mister Cup of Tea for me. What is your favourite piece of Sega music? I struggle with this choice. Um, when you asked me <laughs> beforehand, uh, I actually slept on it because I couldn't make a decision. Uh, there's just so many. Um, but I went with um, Starlight Zone from Sonic 1 because that is probably one of the most nostalgic songs for me because it's the game I put the most amount of time into um, as a child. And I always remember just enjoying that level so much because it was just the the music and and the ambience the level and it's just so chill um i I don't really know how to how to explain it but um it just it's got such nice vibes that level with that with that song um and every time i hear it 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 takes me back to being in the old like um victorian house that i lived in um when i was a kid um and sitting in front of the big old crtv and yeah just um great childhood memories so that's why i picked that one yeah um i can totally relate mate it's an absolutely beautiful piece of music um and there's just something about that level um that's really really evocative really nostalgic for me and i imagine it's the same for you um i don't know how much you used to explore like the from the bottom to the top so at the bottom you've got like this heavily sort of you've got these brick houses and stuff at the very bottom of the map and then at yeah. the top, you've got the stars and everything. It was just something yeah. very much of its of its era with that, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just very, um, yeah. This it's just this this whole scenery um, of it. Yeah, like I said, I, I find it hard to put into words um, <laughs> when you love something so much. Yeah. <laughs> without any real, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't even know how to to explain it. It's just one of those that that just kind of hits um, every point for me, really. Superb, mate. So I've got to ask you the question. I'm assuming you're talking about the PAL version and not the NTSC version when you're talking about your favourite version of this track. Yeah, so funnily enough, if I'm listening to it on its own, um, the NTC, um, uh, the Japanese version, um, is, is faster, isn't it, tempo-wise? Yeah, it's, uh, it's the whole the PAL isn't it? 60 hertz, 50, 60 hertz. Yeah. So when it's the PAL version is very slow compared yeah. to the NTSC version. Yeah. So I do actually prefer the, uh, well, if I'm listening to it as a standalone piece, I listen to the NTSC version just because it's a bit quicker. And um, yeah, I just, I like to listen that way. But obviously if I'm, if I'm playing the game, um, I don't notice that it's slow. It just feels, feels right. Um, So yeah, I guess it's 50, 50 for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) If if, if you play it on the podcast, I'd probably go with the, the NTSC version just because, um, I feel like it probably flows a little bit better if you're not playing the game. Yeah, it was uh, after all how it was originally designed. I've got a preference for the PAL version. They're, they're actually on YouTube and you can listen to them. But um, yeah. I think some they, they probably objectively sound better in NTSC. But uh, the PAL version, it's like if I listen to that, then that's the nostalgia. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 when we did um, the recent Now That's What I Call Sega, uh, I included the Jungle Zone music from Sonic the Hedgehog on the Master System. Yeah. And there was a few comments on the Radio Sega Discord. Like, oh, this is the power version. I haven't heard this for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, because I suppose um, we're only really small fish uh, over in the UK. And um, there is, especially on Twitter, and I find audience with, um, yeah, I suppose the same with your podcast, probably a lot of... Um, 
a lot, a lot of non-PAL players, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, even even uh, individuals and uh, gamers in this country now are probably more accustomed to playing it at full speed than it's only us uh, us <laughs> older guys that, that play played original it back hardware in the day. Yeah, that um, yeah. <laughs> know how it originally sounded, um, and people say it's not quite right. So, uh, mate, yeah. I absolutely love that choice of music. So, we'll play Thanks. that for our listeners right now. Brilliant. Superb choice, mate. Thanks so much for that. Um, no dude, I love listening to that piece of music. Uh, always gives me a lot of nostalgia. So wonderful. Cool. We'll move on to your your favourite Sega game next. So could you tell us what your favourite Sega game is? Uh, again, um, a super, super hard choice for me. I'm, I'm looking up at my uh, my shelf collection as we speak, <laughs> even though I've, I feel like I kind of have, have leaned towards one. Um, Not an easy question, is it? It's not. Um, I think I think I've got two because what because one's Master System and one's and one's Mega Drive. Um, if I had to pick, um, it's going to sound uh, a bit boring. Um, but if I had to pick definitively, it would have to be Sonic the Hedgehog one on the Mega Drive because, like I said, that's the one that um, that was my whole childhood, and um, I at the age of about five between five and six i'd completed that game so many times with getting all the chaos emeralds and stuff it was just one of those that that's just my whole childhood but um i'd like to pick another that's that's not so i suppose um uh one that everybody well, has we can talk about sonic childhood. for a sec before you before <clears throat> yeah you move on. But, i mean it's just because it will be a popular choice. It's still a good choice, mate. I mean, if if yeah. I was pointing this back at me, it would be Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which again <laughs> is not the most original choice in the world, but it is what it is. So this is from you playing it as a kid and playing it uh, at your granddad's then, I imagine. Uh, so the way I, I got into Sonic 1 was um, after having my master system um, for a little while, um, my, my stepdad came on the scene um, and he... He came from, um, uh, I won't go into too much personal detail, but basically he, he pretty much, the only thing that he brought with him um, from, from the, over his belongings was a Mega Drive on Sonic 1. That oh. was, and, and a Def Leppard CD. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, right? That was that's pretty much all he had. Yeah, that's pretty much all he had. Um, and um, obviously as, as soon as I laid my eyes on that, um, it, it was practically mine. And for the, the Mega Drive I have sat in, in here right now that I say is mine is actually his. Oh, uh, it's the same one. And the, and the Sonic 1 is the same one. Um, and yeah, he's, he, you know, he's still, he's still around now. We, we still play retro games together um so yeah that's how sonic one came about for me um and uh when i grew up my mum didn't have a lot of money she was she was a single mother um and and my stepdad was obviously uh didn't have a massive amount at the time either so i i 
I just played what I had, and all I had was was Sonic One and and Alex Kidd at that point. Um, so when you're a kid, you don't really think about oh, I want another game. You just you just play what you've got, don't you? So um, I I just never got bored of it, and um, it just felt like I played it for an eternity. Um, I've, I'm still not bored of it to this day. So um, that's why it's it's my number one. And on that, um, sorry, gonna um promote my youtube again now one of one of the other favorite videos i ever did which took me about a month to edit it's the, probably the most production time i've ever put into anything was um, when i did my top five games of all oh, time yeah, across any platform any console and number one was yeah sonic the hedgehog mega oh, drive for that reason. it had to be really mate you couldn't choose anything else other than that uh, it's, yeah it's a great point though <laughs> i mean when we're when you're growing up and uh, I think it's, 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 it's games were so expensive when we were younger, and you didn't have, yeah. you know, nowadays you can go out and get an Xbox 360 and a bunch of games for probably about 20 quid. That sort of market didn't exist back then. So, no, <laughs> you just had you had what you had. I mean, we grew up with a just a, a handful of games ourselves. So the only yeah. exception was the Commodore 64 when my dad came back from the shop with uh, from the pub rather not the shop because these were <laughs> with a bunch of memorex tapes with games copied onto them but <laughs> oh bro awesome and most of them didn't work yeah, most, most of them didn't work <laughs> so yeah I, when it came to sega mate and uh, we only had the hand for ourselves so i can yeah relate i mean i was the same with sonic i was playing it over and over and over again so brilliant memory mate um i imagine you still play it today I, I do, yeah. And um, going on to uh, kind of touching on you, Sonic Two being one of your faves, I can see why because it's it's also what obviously it being your fave of the of the um, the genre. Um, sorry, of the uh, uh, of all the Sonic games, basically. So, um, everything, mate. <laughs> Put on a yeah, of everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> of everything, I can see why because, um, like I said, I was very kind of I suppose sheltered from um, any tech. And when you're a young kid, like you, you and your friends, you talk about games, but you don't really like when you're that young. I suppose I was only in like yeah reception or or year one or something. Um, you don't really go around friends' houses at that point or or, or see anything else. So um, I went to um, my uncle's, my my dad's brother, um, probably about a year or two after having my Mega Drive. And this is what made me always want a Mega CD because I went there and he had the the Mega Drive Two, which was the first time I'd ever seen one, yeah. and it was and it was sat on the the Mega uh, CD Two thing, and um, <clears throat> he had Sonic Two, and I was like, oh my god, there's a second one. This and the second one would have been out for years by now, but obviously I was young and you know time and wasn't really relative to me at that point. I just thought, oh my God, there's a second one. And I remember I remember plugging it in, booting it up and the start sequence coming up. And I remember the music being like much better. And I remember all the, and, and Tails was in the, uh, was in the frame and all the little stars going around. And I just remember thinking, whoa, this is amazing. And then like hitting the first level and the soundtrack. And I can remember coming home and being like ecstatic and telling my mum all about it, being like, you, I can't believe it. There's a second Sonic the Hedgehog and you can, <laughs> Tails is on it. And like, I'd lose my mind over it because I'd been playing the first one for so long that it was just something different. And um, again, it's, it's one that I, you know, I didn't own it until I was 19 oh, okay. when I owned Sonic 2. I played it so many times as a kid, borrowing it off of friends or going around mm. friends' house and stuff. And it's one of those that um yeah kind of time not being relative i was playing the mega drive well into the ps1 era like um i didn't get a ps1 until um i think 1999 um so yeah i was i was playing like the first game i ever bought with my pocket money was sonic the hedgehog 3 all right i can remember going to do you remember the pink planet shops i don't remember pink planet sorry i think they're um they're overtaken by like planet games whatever they're called now but I can remember taking my my first ever lot of pocket money. Like I'd saved it up for like a couple of months. I had like 20 quid and I went and bought Sonic 3. Um, so I never bought Sonic 2, but it's one that I always wanted. And one of my mates, when I was about, what is like my 19th birthday or something like that, he bought me Sonic the Hedgehog 2, physical edition. I, like obviously the physical copy. And I just remember being like, yes, finally got it in the collection. <laughs> Should have done this years ago. Oh, mate, but that makes it extra special like, that it comes to you like that. Um yeah, superb choice because uh, one of your one of your videos back on your YouTube channel is uh, is you playing the ROM hack, which I, I really like the the knuckles. Uh, the knuckles, yeah, yeah. Did you notice that it was um it was super slow? Did you notice that it was quite that 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 ROM hack itself? It, it's it's quite slow. 
a little bit and i think that's because uh from what i understand the the, the hack is really uh hard to do because when you had the old mm. sonic and knuckles cart uh if you plugged sonic one in the top you just get the blue sphere game and that's apparently because uh some sort of color clash with sonic shoes and knuckles kind of breaks the game oh, okay <laughs> which is why <laughs> something a lot i'm sure someone listening there's a lot more text is probably shaking their head at me right now but it's something to that extent where it, at the time i think when that knuckles hack came out someone said that this is like a breakthrough in, in rom hacking because this was meant to be impossible oh really it's something to do with the same colors too many same color sprites on the something screen like that probably do you remember you could do the um the i forgot what the actual the cheat is called itself now, but you know the um the up up C left C right C down yeah, C debug, um yeah. to get the debug. That's what it's called. You I used to spawn um like millions of piranhas and then jump through them to to get the game to slow down when I was a kid because um <laughs> that'll uh if you put enough piranhas on screen <laughs> makes it go crazy. Yeah, especially if you jump into them and then you get about a billion lives as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, so love doing that. Uh, Brilliant stuff, mate. I mean, it all ties in because it ties in nicely because obviously uh, he was thirty years old um, just last month. Yeah, the point that, well, this yeah, crazy yeah, isn't the it? point of recording this. Yeah, absolutely mental, mate. It makes me feel so ancient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I when I I booted it up, um, you know, I had to post about it on Twitter, so I booted it up um, for a. Get grab an emerald, do the first level, take some shots, and put it on Twitter. Uh, ended up playing through yeah. the whole game. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, um, got to be done. Got to be done. Um, but yeah, massive fan of the series, and uh, yeah, it's it's great to hear that you are as well. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, superb, mate. So, go on then. What was your what was your other choice then? Um, my other choice uh, for the um, Mega Drive was. Robocop versus Terminator. Brilliant. Brilliant choice. Um, Because I remember I probably had it uh, way, well, I obviously had it way too young because there's (laughs) there's lots of uh, (laughs) limbs and and blood and um, I'd never seen Robocop or Terminator at the time either. So that's my first uh, ever experience of of knowing who either of those two were. But um, I loved the, the music in it. Um, again, music is a huge thing for, like it is for most of us. Um, but for games, if the soundtrack's good, um, that's the experience for me. If it, the game could be like absolutely hundred percent stellar gameplay, but if the music's not on point, um, it probably won't grip me. Yeah. I know the feeling. Um, and yeah, and Robocop versus Terminator, the music is, um, especially that first level is just absolutely, Yeah on point with the era um and it's it's a really smooth side scroller shooter as well um even playing it now i play it quite often um it's super smooth super smooth gameplay um and yeah i think that's that's probably my my favorite bar for the for the console other than um other than sonic um but it's one I've never completed um and i tried we um i streamed it, it as once something that someone redeemed oh yeah and I streamed it for a very long time, and um, <laughs> the, I got to like the. I didn't realize until playing, like I said, playing it um, recently as a kid. I play it to like the second or third level and keep and die, and that's kind of what you did. You just played it every now and then. Um, but having to persevere through to completion with it, um, I started to realize some of the mechanics of the game are a little bit um, broken. So um, the the bosses. Um, have an insane amount of HP. Yep. Like you can't see what it is, but an absolutely insane amount of HP. And the weapon that you have, um, that you, that you pick along the the level, you kind of have to prepare to make sure you've got the right cup, the right two weapons, two or three weapons, um, for that battle. Um, but if you die, you you spawn back with your pistol, which does like next <laughs> yep. to no damage. Um, and it, it just makes the boss fights practically impossible um to the point where it got to the point where my community on twitch um they they uh spent their points for me to use a um a weapon cheat in fact i think it was um uh dino oh, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> it was like use you need to use these cheats because i've been playing it for so long and um so i did complete it but it's the only one on my sh- completion list that has an asterisk next to it that says um cheats enabled (laughs) because um, i don't know how it's possible like 
yeah, it's insanely hard. And even with the cheats, I, I really, really struggled with that game. I've got to agree, mate, because uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I, I, I've, I'm trying to think how we played it, first of all. But I think a friend actually uh, rented it from the video shop. And um, yeah. uh, we rented it a few times from memory. And yeah, it's brutally hard. Um, it was actually uh, so I could only get up to kind of the Cyberdyne level, I think, with the early ones after you fight uh, Kane. Because um, that's hard yeah. enough because he kind of just walks into you and you die instantly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so but by like the third or fourth time running it, we'd found some cheats. And I think it was level skip, unlimited health, and the weapons cheat, as you said. And uh, I just remember going through some of the levels. Uh, I think some of them got like the red Terminators in. And they were just, there was like hordes yeah. of them coming. And yeah. I was just like, how is, this, how is this actually possible for anyone to play through? Yeah, I think that's one where you're kind of in the sewers, aren't you? Like some sort of swamp that's thing. It. That's like that level's insanely, insanely hard. Um, I didn't know there was an infinite health cheat. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I use, I think, use the weapons, and I might use the life one. And even with that, um, I was running close on <laughs> on lives. Um, but um, yeah, I didn't know there's a health one that would have helped. But um, yeah, because I, I remember yeah. like we were just standing there getting all these terminators around us where we're trying to do the weapons cheat and uh, we won't lose i just remember it must exist it's how i remember it anyway because i remember we got <laughs> to the last boss obviously using cheats um and it's a giant it's the giant terminator skull isn't it and yeah. um and the game must have broke because we were there for a good half an hour just shooting his head and uh, obviously that wasn't dying Old old Murphy in his Robocop suit, he wasn't dying. So <laughs> <laughs> eventually we just had to turn it off. <laughs> I think I think it's literally um that's the HP level. I remember having to shoot that thing for God knows how long. It feels like you're hammering it for like ten minutes it straight. Does, like yeah. yeah. The that's one the one of the things I think is the mis- uh, I don't know whether they they, they planned to do it like that or whether it was a, a mistake, but um yeah. The, I've played a lot of hard games, as you know. Yeah. Um, but the the boss health on that game are absolutely insane, especially considering it's it's very easy for you to die during a boss fight, like multiple times, and you're only going to have a pistol yeah. that does <laughs> next to no damage. So, yeah. But I love it because um, it's it's one of the first games that I suppose um, probably. Um, uh, ruined my uh, innocence, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> made me like kind of, kind of awe over it and think, "Well, this is um, this is completely different to Sonic." Um, <laughs> I can remember um, I borrowed Mortal Kombat two off of a friend, and I'd never <laughs> I, I'd been playing around his house, and I was like, "This is amazing!" Like, um, I mean, you, I know you're a huge um, Mortal Kombat fan, yeah. aren't you? I know. Well, I know. Um, obviously, uh, you're you're more on the Street Fighter fighter side, aren't you? I, but I know that you. Are, I do love. I do love. You Mortal do Kombat. like. Uh, do you like Mortal Kombat? Um, and uh, obviously you can do fatalities and stuff, can't you? Which I'd, I'd never figured out at that point of how to do them. And internet wasn't exactly like m- mainstream <laughs> yeah. then. So unless you had a cheat book or something that taught you them, um, you kind of learn them from friends at school. And uh, anyway, I, I brought, I took it back home after borrowing, taking it from a friend's house. She's like, yeah, you can borrow it for the night. And I, I wanted to play it, but the computer is so hard, especially when you're a kid like to get past like the second level. So I taught my sister into playing it with me and we were only been like I think I was probably about eight and she was probably about six and a half. And um <laughs> she was play <laughs> I think she was playing as <clears throat> she was she playing as Katana. I think she was she was either playing as uh, I think she might have been playing as Katana. And anyway, she did. Uh, we were we were playing, and she button mashed uh, a button mashed, and um, <laughs> and she did a finisher where she chopped my head off. And um, I can remember b- both of us looking at each other, being like, <laughs> "Oh, that was that was a bit gory." <laughs> and um, right. and you could tell she looked a bit freak out, freaked out. So I said to, "Should we play Sonic?" And she was like, "Yeah, please." <laughs> and I was like, "Touch again." <laughs> yeah but um i yeah i love mortal kombat purely because again it's one of those games that um if your parents knew you had it i don't think they'd let you play it but they back then they, they wouldn't have expected anything like that i suppose so no it really wouldn't just kind of borrowed what you want off your friends and um <laughs> and play it yeah i think yeah it was just a view wasn't it that it was just uh video games were uh were still toys and but i can i can agree on robocop versus terminator even though i mean i'd seen 
I'd, I'd actually seen the films as well by the time that that had come out. Um, um, my yeah. parents were a little bit more relaxed around films, and then games were in their eyes, it's just games. But yeah, it was brutal. I think Robocop vs. Terminator was one of the first games to get rated, I think, from memory. Oh, it was may it? Have been, or it was what in one of the conversations around games getting rated because, yeah, you should, especially in the early levels when you're you know, like shooting humans and they just explode into pools of blood, you shoot the, shoot the guys <laughs> yeah. in the window, and then, then the old curtains all up, blood all over there yeah. as well. It's, <laughs> You shoot the Terminator and his skin all melts off. It's uh, it's brilliant stuff. But yeah, when you're <laughs> when you're young, it definitely feels like something's a little bit naughty. And uh, and I agree with you about the soundtrack yeah. as well, especially the uh, the total theme. The old yeah, yes. Terminator. Yeah, <laughs> so good, <laughs> so good. I might have to uh, stack that tune on while I'm editing this later. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> oh, brilliant, mate! Two great games there. So we'll move on to the last part of my favorite Sega, and then that's uh, your your. The question is your favorite Sega console. So please tell us what your Sega console of choice is. <laughs> so uh, this is going to be funny now because it's going to sound like I'm going to contradict myself. But after talking about mainly Mega Drive, um, the Master System, um, I think, is probably my favorite console um, because although my favorite games sit sit on the Mega Drive, um, I. I love um, the eight-bit versions um, of the games on the Master System. Um, I know you're you're a huge fan of the the Sonic um, games on there, there, like I am. Um, I prefer a lot of the Disney games on there as well. Um, Aladdin being one of them, um, which is I think is quite an unpopular opinion because the Mega Drive version is so good. Um, but I played the Aladdin version um, on the Master System. Um, before I played the Mega Drive version, and um, personally, I think it sits it sits closer to the story, and um, the music also um, lines up with the levels correctly on that game as well. Um, and um, it's a bit jankier, but I kind of liked that because I felt like I had a little bit more control over the game. Um, okay. So, yeah, I just um, I think there's just so many uh, games on the Master System that. Um, again, like it was one of my first consoles. Um, I can remember even having after having the Mega Drive for a while. Eventually, um, one of my birthdays, um, I got five Master System games um, for my birthday, which was the first time I had any other game for the Master System that wasn't Alex Kidd. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, one of them was um, a game called um, Enduro. Have you ever played that one? Um, it's like a motorbike yeah, Enduro game. Racer. Uh- that's Brilliant game because that's uh, an arcade port, but well, it's a port. It's actually quite different to the arcade. The arcade port is kind of uh, sort of behind the bike hang-on game, whereas the Master System port is the it's the um, isometric, really good, yeah, uh, superb that game, mate. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was one of them, and um, I I can re- remember playing that one just over and over because like as you kind of completed it, you went back through the levels, and they just got harder. There was more vehicles to overtake. There was more obstacles in the road, and um, yeah, the, the the soundtrack on that was um, was really good as well. So yeah, I had that one. Um, one of the other games uh, was a super hard game, which was the New Zealand story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that I remember because again, it was like it was probably the the second platform I'd ever played on the Master System, um, and yeah, it's got this real um, I don't know how to explain it. Like the the kind of vibe of it is is cutesy, but it's also like really intense and serious because you've got all the spikes and so many enemies <laughs> coming at you. And um, yeah, it's I can remember trying and playing it a lot but not very not succeeding very well and i also did this one on stream um and it's one of the few that i i've i've folded to because i just one of the reasons being on the master system the the theme tune um is really repetitive and really it's quite um ear piercing um <laughs> i was watching someone else stream the arcade version and it was it was looked much smoother and the soundtrack was much better and i was like okay if i reattempt this that's the version i'm playing because um i think i can probably play it without wanting to hang myself by the end of it <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so uh yeah um enduro race was one of them uh teddy boy did you ever play that one I haven't played Teddy Boy, actually. That's one I should play. But, yeah, it's, it's, I've not played it, but I know of it. 
yeah teddy boy is like um it's very it's very strange um because as you kind of like drop down this through the screen it's kind of like one square box the the level and it just repeats itself so if you go like down or left or right that you're just kind of in the same place again um with the same enemies and um as you kind of shoot enemies they multiply into smaller ones um <laughs> and it gets very intense um <laughs> but yeah again that was a an, another one that i had um was part of my birthday uh another one another t- well the next two i had were just um were just sports ones was uh world soccer and uh a great golf um but did you ever play the world soccer game yeah, I've got the World Soccer game actually. Um, uh, it's I think it's the one I'm thinking of. It's the side, it's side on, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my first ever experience of a of a football game. Um, yeah, and I think I I love it just for that reason because it kind of um, yeah kind of gave me that experience. Um, and then yeah, that was the only uh, after that that was the only five games I had again probably for another good five years until um, my uncle um, gave me. Um, all of my cousin's um, Master System games, <laughs> oh, nice. which it, which included uh, Aladdin, which we talked about, and a game which I think's not talked about very much, which is uh, one of my faves for the system again is Fire and Forget Two. I don't, I've not played it, but yeah, what, what's what's that one like? Um, it's it's very strange. I don't really know <laughs> how to explain. It's basically <laughs> uh, it's basically like a battle racer. Um, it kind of sits on the screen a bit like a like an outrun game would have for that time. Um, but you're in a you're in a, uh, a sports car that's very futuristic. Um, and I'd been playing it for probably a good couple of weeks before I eventually realised that um, once you've got enough speed and power, you can press um, down on the D pad and you can take off. Um, and then you can fly around and basically, like I said, it's, it's kind of a battle. Uh, it's almost like... I, I think I do know this one, actually. It's, it's yeah. a bit like Chase HQ in a way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. But um, yeah, it's super intense with like, um, yeah, incoming um, enemies all the time. And um, the, again, uh, the thing, the reason it sticks with me was the music. Um, it's super intense and it gives you this uneasy feeling the whole time you're playing it but in like a really good way and um yeah. it's almost like i can remember booting up and almost be finding it a little bit nerve-wracking to play just because it was such an intense game with this kind of uneasy era to it and i didn't ever really know what i was doing on it but um yeah. i always really enjoyed it so um yeah there's just there's just so many games like that from my childhood although like you know my favorite ones to go back on now are probably all, all mega drive um it was just such a big part of my childhood, um, and the library on it of the of the master system um, is is huge and just absolute quality. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's why it just tops the the Mega Drive as a system for me. And um, I think probably a good shout um, for our love for Sega there is to how much effort they put in to making eight bit versions of games. Um, they didn't just—they didn't just water down um, a Mega Drive version. They were completely their own standalone games, um, and they were all top quality, in my opinion. The, the versions I've played, anyway. Yeah, I completely agree, mate. Uh, I think I think we're a bit spoiled with the Master System over in uh, in in the UK and Europe, um, PAL territories, because. People, especially when you go online, and obviously online, you're talking about to the rest of the world, and one way or another, the, the world's opinion is usually <laughs> driven by the US. Yeah. And it's just like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 1 in the US was like the last game they got on the Master System. It Was it? Yeah, they didn't even make a dent over there. And the Master System version wow. that they got is literally just the PAL version of Sonic the Hedgehog because the carts are region free, but just with a different barcode stuck over the back of it um, if you oh, get wow. one with a barcode intact uh it's worth like hundreds now but if you peel the barcode off the game's worth like it's like the, the most common master system game is probably worth a quid or something <laughs> <laughs> but, that's uh, insane yeah but uh yeah what i was, I was what, what i was getting to was um people always said that the master system library is limited compared to like the nes uh um, right yeah but then the nes wasn't really a thing over here and no for us um uh, my brother got a Master System 2 for his birthday and um, he got a few games with it because I think at the time one of them still had the label on and it was like it was like £10. 
um, because they were quite, they were reasonably priced at that point. Um, yeah, and yeah, this the as a system, it's just such a joy. And I remember Space Harrier in particular sticks in my mind because it was an arcade port, which you know it's got to be impossible in that tiny little eight bit computer, but it's got these massive sprites and it just looked much better than anything I had at the time of my Commodore 64. Mm. You've got hundreds of games uh, that are superb. Um, I prefer Sonic the Hedgehog on there to the Mega Drive version. And I also prefer Castle of Illusion to the Mega Drive version as well. Yeah. And I dare say Batman Forever as well is better on the Master System than it is on the Mega Drive. So yeah, brilliant choice, mate. I, um, I love that you've picked the Master System because uh, we've had... <laughs> Uh, a few of my favorite Segas, um, and two of them have been Dreamcast, and one has been Mega Drive. So, lovely to put a tick next to the to the Master oh, System good. box now. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but it's um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a brilliant system. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just got like like we've already said, just so much to offer. Um, and I think it was probably like a great budget option for for a lot of families um at the time. Um, like you say, uh. It, the NES was never really a thing over here. The Nintendo as a whole, for me, um, I never saw um, a Nintendo. I never even played on one until um, I was about, I don't know, probably about seven or eight. And um, that was only because my friend had one. He was the only friend that that I know, even to this date, um, that ever had a Nintendo console Um at his house where everybody was was sega in in this kind of in the south of england and i have heard in the north of england there was kind of a bit more uh nintendo action but uh yeah i'd never even i hardly ever played one i think i played one like once or twice my whole childhood um it just seemed to be sega ever over here and then like you said with the us um there's loads and loads of love for for the nes um and and the snes but um yeah i just i didn't didn't really have the pleasure of um of, of playing any of those they just, just seem to be uh like like you said it's, it's strange isn't it how how different um different part either different parts of the country or, or just different parts of of the world um s- sold other things better than than some others yeah it's, it's amusing isn't it really because there's you've got two 8-bit consoles from two japanese companies <laughs> and one sold better in the US and one sold better in in Europe. So <laughs> yeah, um, just but I, I think we've got the better taste, to be honest, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no up any of the any of the Nintendo fanboys that listen. Yeah. No disrespect for any of our American listeners. Um, <laughs> well, you're listening to a Sega podcast, so I hope they've got some love yeah. for, the, for the Master yeah. System. But it was the Master System was my first great love. It wasn't, as I say, it wasn't my master system. It was my brother's, and uh, I was yeah. a wee bit jealous watching him play it. Um, and when uh, my uncle got him Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, that obviously changed everything. Swayed uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, changed everything forever. So I spent the next thirty years obsessed with all things Sega. Um, even though twenty of that now, Sega haven't even been making consoles, which is uh, scary. Yeah. Yeah, that's that makes me feel even older. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's, it makes me sad sometimes. And I think you know, Xbox has been around longer than Sega were ever making consoles. Crikey, <laughs> <laughs> it's just mental. But oh, mate, superb choices there of uh, of console music and, and game. Um, can Thanks. really relate to can really relate to all of those. So I think then that brings us. Uh, unfortunately, to, to the end of our chat, mate. But I've been, I've had a, I've had an absolute blast talking to you. It's been a real <laughs> pleasure. Uh, if, just for our listeners, uh, could you tell them where you can find you? Yeah, of course. Um, Twitter is at uh, Cup Tea for me with five E's. Uh, it's the same on YouTube and on Twitter. Um, uh, don't ask me why the five E's. Um, long story. <laughs> um, I always but, wondered about the thanks. five E's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I well, I could probably give you a short version. Uh, basically, I had um, a cup of tea for me Xbox Live account um, years ago, which goes dates back to the Halo Three days. Um, and f- uh, my friend um, who I was playing Halo with made one that was cup of tea for you, 
um, when we were playing double, <laughs> double teams. And we, we did it mainly, this is where I'm going to probably, um, <laughs> people are going to start to hate me. We did it mainly to um, annoy the Americans on Halo. Um, <laughs> as much as, got nothing against Americans, love them. But um, on Halo, Halo is one of the biggest um, things for proximity chat um and giving each other stick isn't it so as soon as they find out we're english they'd always be like oh cup of tea a spot of cricket all that kind of stuff and uh <laughs> even though it makes no sense you know you know what happened so uh what we decided was um all right what we'll do then is we'll just play the game and we'll just we'll make these accounts called cup of tea for me and cup of tea for you so we um we did that just just for a laugh basically um and then years later i wanted to to reuse that gamer tag and i could not remember the uh the password so um i tried it with two e's it was taken tried it with three e's it was taken so i was like right i'll put as many e's in as it will allow me to which was five (laughs) and there we go (laughs) (laughs) oh dear yeah Um, because um yeah that's why it's five (laughs) brilliant mate so uh, that's your twitter twitch and youtube handle isn't it i believe so yeah yeah so um thanks so much for having me dan um Real pleasure. I've never really, uh, I've never done a podcast or anything before, so um, it was a nice experience. Um, yeah, thank you for uh, being so welcoming and warm. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Anytime. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, Dan. So that was cup of tea for me. As always, we'd love to hear from our listeners. Hope you enjoyed the show. You can catch me at swooper underscore D on Twitter. You can catch James at the Sagaholic, or you can message both of us via at Sega Guys. Until next time, stay Sega, stay retro. Thank you.